We are back. We are back. Alan, feels good to be back. Daniel, I feel amazing. That's great, man. Guess what? It's our 19th episode. Next episode's the five-hour episode. I thought we said it was 20 hours in that in honor of... No, but, you know, four is a good number. 20 divided by four is five. Who? Why four? Just it's a good number. Oh, okay. You're feeling very nostalgic these days with Incredible 2 out. Incredibles 2 out. Like, so you were thinking, like, Fantastic Four, right? Ooh, yeah, superhero connections. Early 2000s. 2004 qualifies as early 2000s. Wait, 2004, 2004, 20 divided by 4 is 5. Five-hour episode. Stop it. Whoa. When did the... When did the first Fantastic Four come out? Wait. Oh, that guy. That guy. Uh, Brendan. <laughs> 2005. So 2005. Uh, hey, so we could also make it four hours. We could make it four hours. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we'll, I think I think we'll just have to, we'll have to see. Once we're in that fourth hour, we can kind of just cut it off whenever. Between four okay. and five hours. Great. Daniel, I'm nervous. Why? Because I think it's time for me to finally share my decision. Oh, dude. Right now? Right now. Oh, my God. Do we need any music to lead into it? Um, Let's do a try. I'll try this one. Okay. Uh, let me see what I... Ooh, this one's called Tension. Ooh. Yes. Okay. Keeps building. Oh, wow. Okay. Whoa. Wow. Did not think that was how it was going to end. That but was I a think lot. Now we've set the scene. Okay. We've set the mood. Daniel, why don't you ask me the question? Alan, yeah. next year, where will you be podcasting? <sighs> this is tough, man. Um, wow. So after discussing this over with my family, friends, with you, with all my options out there, I've decided to stay with the Sock and Shock Pod. Woo! Let's go! Yeah! <laughs> Woo! Woo! Keeping this going. Rolling it back, trying to get another championship. I like I to tell go. people that we are a no award winning podcast. And Daniel. But we're, we're trying to change that, and that's why this is so, such so important you're coming back. Right, and you know why I'm... Why are you coming back? I don't think I had any other offers. Hey. But don't hey. we'll edit that out. We'll keep that out. Daniel. Yeah. What was that? We'll keep that out. Beep. Okay. Nope. He has Beep. 25 other offers. No. So like, um, it's like though, Daniel, like we've talked about this, yeah. that I, I, I wouldn't want any other offers. Oh, that's what, this is getting emotional, man. Daniel, we do that every episode. I know. It's man. how you start. It's a, it's how you develop credibility for like like for your listeners. You have to you have to let them. And can I be real for a minute? Be real. I think it's important to like show. To talk, I think every once in a while we talk ourselves down a little, but I want right. to pump us up a little. I wanted to stay because I think we have something really special. Going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You feel? I feel. So 
what was the moment you knew last night going to bed? Did you know or did you not know till this till this? I honestly I didn't know till I woke up this morning. Wow. Whew. Yeah. And Daniel, when did you get um hired by ESPN? When did I get hired by ESPN? Uh huh. What do you mean? Because like I'm interviewing you, like the decision. Yes. That's like the class. By the way, that is the classic question they ask. Like, did you did you know this morning? Like, did like, you... I, I I didn't know. I didn't know until this morning, man. No. Like, that's always the answer. Whoever, whoever okay, so off of that, I'm going to ask you this to all of our fans because, as you guys know, NBA free agency is coming up soon. Yeah, what, so, is it four days away? Five days away? Soon. Hey, when this, it comes this to Sunday. Time, oh, wow. boy. So, Daniel, I um, follow LeBron James on Instagram. By the way, everyone, check us out on Instagram because the Sock and Shelf pod and I went Insta. Alan, how, yeah. how can they find us on Insta? On, on the gram, as the kids say. I think that they can find us at Sock and Shaw Pod. In Sock and, and Shaw or Sock and Shaw? Okay, Daniel. Thanks for asking. S-O-C underscore S-C-H-O-P-F underscore P-O-D. Did you have to do the underscore because other people already had that? Th- that's what I was thinking, and I was very <laughs> like, confused. Who, who has this already? Whatever. Is someone out there for? Is, is somewhere out there trying to get us? Yeah, I don't know. That's okay. Um, spaces turn into underscores, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and as I was saying, right. So my question was, um, I follow LeBron James on Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. At King James, um, do you think he knows right now? He's sitting in this beautiful beach. I think he's in the Caribbean, maybe, maybe Miami. But I think I heard. I think they're in Miami because uh, isn't uh, Bronny playing a tournament there? Yeah, but I, I heard someone say Caribbean. By the way, do you see Bronny almost threw him down? Sorry, the main thing I took out from that video was that LeBron was wearing the same lumbar support that I use. Ooh, that is a good takeaway. But at the same time, think about this. Bronny's going into eighth grade. Mm-hmm. When I was going into eighth grade, I was four foot eight. And, <laughs> and how tall are you now? Three foot eight? What am Three I now? No, I'm, I'm five foot eight. So six well, eight. I'm practically dunking. But then I was not getting net. So it's imp- very impressive to be getting up there. <laughs> At that age, <laughs> obviously, we, we uh, Bronny and I come from a different gene pool. No offense to my family, but no one in my family is like LeBron. So that was a nice personal anecdote. I don't think it was needed, but you know, it's my Daniel. Guess what? Creative freedom. I don't have any six foot eight guys in my family lineage that I'm aware of either. If you are, reach out to our new. Um, we have to give a shout out to our new fake sponsor. Not that they're fake, but they're not our real sponsor. Twenty three and me, trying to find that six foot eight relative that all of us somehow have. What about ancestry dot com? Twenty three and me is kind of more uh, hip right now. I see it more. You know. Okay. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I, it's everywhere. But now. you know what else is everywhere? What? Lululemon. It is. You know what else is everywhere? What? Anchor. Anchor. Daniel, take it away. So. We, Alan and I had a bit of a, had a dream. You know, we wanted to start a podcast, talk about sports, 
connect with people and, um, you know, have some cool guests on. And before we found Anchor, we didn't really know what we were going to do. And then Anchor just, you know, we kind of just found it. And it's it's been unbelievable. Their their customer service is great. Um, they they keep bringing out new updates, which makes the podcasting experience even more easy. And um, they're they all their features are really helpful and practical. And it's not just stuff that's gonna make it look cool. It really does help you make the pot make a podcast. And uh, we are in very much in debt indebted to Anchor for helping us achieve our dreams. Daniel, if I may yeah. say so, anchors our anchor. Anchor is our anchor. Uh, and also, uh, for anyone out there wanting to create their own podcast, check out Anchor. Reach out to us if you have any questions. Yeah. Um, and Daniel. Yes. Dan, what up, dude? Um, I'm good. So, yeah, I'm great. Uh, awesome. I have a transition for oh, you. Oh, Brent. You know what position is considered the anchor of the defense? In in football, you mean? In football, important clarification. No, is it the linebacker? No, is it the safety? No. Um, cornerback? Well, cornerbacks on the outside. Like cornerbacks are good, but not the anchor. Okay. Guess guess what it is? Defensive tackle. How did you know? Uh, I, I we're, we're just still locked in, man. I know we're on fire today. Okay, so Daniel, we have an unbelievably exciting interview for the both of us, and for me especially, if I may say. You are so. correct. We are interviewing Ataba Rubin, someone that I watched growing up for the Browns, someone that was awesome. And listeners, enjoy this interview. <laughs> We now welcome to the pod Ataba Rubin. He is a NFL defensive lineman entering his 10th season in the league. He uh, recently signed a contract with the Oakland Raiders. He attended college at Iowa State and was drafted in the sixth round. We are honored to have our first athlete, Ataba Rubin, on the pod today. Welcome. I man, appreciate it, man. It's an honor. So, um, you know, congrats on time with the Raiders. What are you most excited about um, joining Oakland? I mean, just getting another opportunity. Uh, like you said, man, I've been playing 10 years. It's actually my 11th year in the league. I played uh, seven years with Cleveland and just just another opportunity to show I still got it and go to a team that's kind of, you know, new with John Gruden and, uh, you know, potentially getting the playoff hunt and make something happen this year and, and uh, make some plays on the field, man. I still love the game, so just another opportunity. I'm I'm thankful. Mm-hmm. So, uh, what what do you think about Gruden so far? Have you have you talked to him a lot? Um, when I got signed, it was like on a Monday, and it was just starting their mini camp, and it was really just three days. But uh, from me knowing him, um, you know, being a rookie and just watching him on TV, he's a he's a pretty solid coach, uh, offensive minded. Uh, just for the little time I was there for like the three days or whatever, he's he's high high energy. What you see on TV is is what you what you get, what you what you expect from him. Um, I mean, I like him, man. He's he's leaning towards kind of the veterans, and like I said, I'm an old head, so he he looks out for the old mm-hmm. guys. 
Do you have a uh, John Gruden impersonation voice or not yet? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not good like that on the impersonations. But, uh, you know, Chucky, he gets fired up or whatever. And, that's, you know, whatever you're seeing on, you know, commentating on, you know, Monday nights or Sunday nights or whatever, that's that's exactly how he is in person, man. I, I think he gives it to you blood raw and real. So I can't wait to uh, really work with him um, a little bit more. Yeah. And um, I would call your story an underdog story. You were a three-star recruit out of high school, went to JUCO, then Iowa State, and then you were a sixth-round pick by my Cleveland Browns. And here you are signing, uh, about to play your 11th season in the league. How do you think you've been able to have such a productive NFL career and come over such great odds? Man, first of all, I just want to say I've been blessed in this, uh, you know, just hard work and just whatever opportunity I had, I try to take it and just go with it. You know, I, I don't want to, you know, stop it right now with my career. So, you know, like I said, this opportunity I got right now, man, I'm just going to jump on it. But basically this hard work and, you know, just I'm passionate about what I do. I love the game. I love going out there and, you know, playing with my brothers, being in the locker room and, you know, fighting and lifting weights and seeing my body change and, you know, and and, and winning on Sundays, man, it's, it's a fun, it's a fun experience. Mm-hmm. And actually, like I told you, I'm a Browns fan and you know pretty well, I don't really know what it's like winning on Sundays so much. <laughs> so um, we, won, we won a couple games, man. And, and Atab, I wanted to tell you, like, you were Mr. Consistency, you know? You were always out there, and you were always so underrated. And as a Browns fan, thank you for the consistent effort, the consistent effort that you brought on Sundays. Oh, man, I appreciate it, man. It was, it, was, it was easy to play in front of the fans and dog pound and going out there and, you know, playing hard matches against the Steelers and, and you know, Bengals and the Ravens. I mean, it was fun. It was hard-nosed football back in them days. Uh, like like I said, man, we won a couple of games back then. Mm-hmm. Remember, you know, blowing out the Patriots, having some goal lines. Oh, my God. The, was that? The, uh, against the uh, Steelers and, you know, seeing Jerome Harrison. I played with some good players back then, man. Uh, uh, Cribs and, man, just all the quarterbacks that came through there. Just, I mean, it was it was easy to play with yeah. those guys because it was fun. Was that um 2010 when we blew out the Patriots? Man, it was it was it was a long while ago, but yeah, I remember it was in uh it was there in Cleveland. We did it. And, yeah, uh, I, I think I remember that one. And also, I, I remember those games. games. <laughs> um, but um, so after the Browns, you went on to playing some real games. And what's it like playing in Seattle? You played with some unbelievable players like Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman. What was it like playing with them and starting in big playoff games? Man, it was it was just going on that defense and seeing them play in the Super Bowl, just knowing I had to step my game up to their level and, you know, be at that top-notch performance and just make plays with next to Michael Bennett, Cliff Abel, uh, Cam Chancellor. I mean, all them guys are solid guys and competitors, and you just don't want to let them down. And you stick out like a sore thumb where you're not up to par like them. So getting there and going to the playoffs for the first time and meeting meet, meeting Pete Carroll, having Pete Carroll coach me up and uh, really believe in me, man. I mean, that was a that was a 
an awesome experience. And just like I said, hitting the playoffs and smelling them, smelling the Super Bowl and getting the chance to to go deep into the playoffs, man, it was it was an unbelievable experience. And man, I will never forget that. But uh, you know, my days in Cleveland too, it was, it was pretty solid and had some great memories there in Cleveland and some still good friends back at home. What's one of your uh, favorite memories being a Browns player? Is there like one thing that jumps out? Man, just just the experience being in the city and just, you know, um, like I said, the, the Browns versus Steelers game, the games that we, you know, was pretty close when I was there. And we won maybe a couple, you know, handful of them, like maybe one or two. And um, I know. It, was just, it was just like it was just some hard nosed games back then. It was just like, you know, cold, like the end of the year games. And we're still playing, fighting. To show you know the new coaches coming in that we still got it and I mean it was just like it was just my real first taste of NFL football and how to be a pro. So what is something about NFL life that fans don't really understand? Uh, just the time away from your family and the grind and the, like they don't really understand if you really want to be successful and um and have longevity in the game you have to really kind of put a lot of that uh family stuff to the side i mean i know it's hard to do but it's uh it's really like you gotta really put everything in your all into football if you really want to be that elite player and like i said have longevity in the game and that kind of sucks for like family members and um you know people that really don't understand um you know the dedication and the grind so i mean you got to kind of find a balance in it all, but it's kind of a, it's kind of something that most people don't know about. Right. And also like, you got to put in so much work just on the techniques. I don't know if like the average fan really understands how much technique, just even a a position like yours, you play defensive tackle, so much technique goes into it. Can you tell us a little about that? Yeah. I used to make a joke with my girlfriend. I was, she's asked me like, what you do, um, D line wise, I'm like, you know, just go straight, just straight, go straight. <laughs> just, it looks like that, you know, to the naked eye or whatever, but I mean, it's really about like footstep. You know, you got to learn plays, you got to read the old lineman, you got to not jump off sides. I mean, it's a lot of little stuff in the game that you got to pay attention to and, and really be on top of to be a, you know, successful player or be a, like I said, a, a decent player in the NFL. You just don't want to be some guy, some, some Joe. Right. And like, is, is that where you think like the, like the, what separates good from great or like a, a college player from a pro player, those that technique, or is it more the change in like athleticism and like more like the guys in the NFL are just stronger than in college? I think it's more because um, the speed of the game changes and it's, 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 it's like you're in college and you come out of college and you're like, you're, you're a beast and you got all this young energy, but I mean, I don't need you jumping off sides on third and long or fourth and one. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. you really have to be locked in the game, a student of the game. That's something, that's something I'm, I'm, I missed out when, or if I could tell my younger self, like be more of a student of the game, watch film, learn what the opponent's going to do. They only get run a certain amount of plays. You know, if you can learn that and pick up on that, I mean, you see the guys that, you know, thrive in the NFL because they know the little stuff like that, like Michael Bennett and, you know, like the 
elite players just they are just students of the game and they're always mm-hmm. watching film or um doing little stuff for, like working on their craft taking the right steps putting their hand in the right right placement i mean it's it's more more than just running straight and hitting the guy in the mouth uh and one thing that a lot of people i don't think um would know about you is that you went to a pretty cool high school where there's been some great NFL talent that's came from there, like Trent Richardson and Emmett Smith. What's it like being the best football player to come from a school like that? I mean, uh, you know, Emmett Smith, he's like in the, you know, universe of his own, man. I mean, he's still, <laughs> you know, he's a you know Hall of Famer and, you know, broken Russian records and still holds them to this day. But uh, guess what, Ataba, how many sacks does he have? <laughs> I got you. I appreciate <laughs> it. How many years did he play for the Browns? That's what I consider good. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate it, but it, it's it's a it's, it's it feels pretty cool, man. There's a lot of good talent coming out of there. It's, it's you know, you got golf players, boxers. Roy Jones is from that same city. I mean, I guess it's just something in the water, man. I mean, just growing up in this, uh, you know, I'm back home now. Just growing up in this uh, small community, small area in the South is just you know, you don't have much to do but play football. or, you know, try to hit the military or do stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I just was blessed and lucky enough, I, um, you know, didn't get no major injuries and, you know, just continue to come out at uh, that area and uh, make something of myself. So um, last question. We really thank you for your time. Um, we'll ask questions. It's a fun one. If you had the chance to sack any QB – in the league during he could be retired, but he, the, he has to have played during your career. Who is your dream QB to sack? Uh, my dream QB to sack. And I did sack him was Tom Brady. It was actually my, first, it was my first sack, uh, ever. Um, wow. Yeah. And that was like, uh, you should have led with that. a long time ago, but yeah, man, it, it happened. And I remember it was my first sack as, as a Browns and, I sacked him, and he had his long hair, and I got a picture of it in my in my house, and just you know, just felt good, you know, knocking the wind out of a guy, and you know, now he's probably going to be the Hall of Fame and call him a goat. So, you know, that's that's a pretty cool picture I'm gonna have for a long time. That's awesome! Oh my god, I did not. We we were not like we didn't know that we weren't. <laughs> well, I, I thought we do a pretty good job with our research, but yeah. that one got past us. <laughs> no we weren't way. like trying to get to that point. Wow. Yeah. That's yep, awesome. Yep. Yeah, Roethlisberger, Roethlisberger, be number two. But uh, have you gotten him? Yeah, a couple of times. I don't like that guy, man. You know, I still, I still, uh, <laughs> I still bleed uh, orange and brown. But yeah, I got an interception from him too. So, wow, you have how many career interceptions do you have? I think I have like three or two. I, I, I forget. Uh, stats say two. Stats okay. say two. They, they could be wrong. There you go. There you go. Two, two and one in high school. So that makes it three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Hey, right, Tyler, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much. All right, man. Stay y'all. Y'all take it. Yeah. Have, have, go, have a good season. Go Raiders. All right, man. I'll see you. See you on Sunday. Dude, how sick was that? That was awesome. I, 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 I had a great time, but like, I, I can't even imagine what you were feeling. You know, being that you grew up a big Atapa Rubin fan. Uh I think I'm speechless. 
that's like the worst thing you can be on a podcast. <laughs> that's one of the funniest things you've ever said, Daniel. Oh, thanks, man. That was um, awesome. Here, yeah. should, I, should I try to put it to words? Try to put it into words. That's okay, what great. we do. So, Ataba Rubin was someone that I looked up to growing up. He was the guy that played for the Browns for years and years. And growing up, we didn't really have that, guys that were so dedicated um, to the team. And you heard it. He talked about he still believes the orange and brown. And, and he was a really good player. And to be able to reconnect with him or connect with him, I guess, you <laughs> have um, slash our podcast is really a dream come true. Yeah. And also, like, our first athlete, uh, I think it went pretty well. Daniel, yeah. me and you are on every week. We're both athletes. Yeah. I mean, not the professional level. Unless if there's, a, like, a GM or, like, some scout for a team listening, we'll come work out, you know. And all honestly, all in all honesty, um, Daniel, uh, stuttering words. Alan, do you, want, do you want a chance to do that again? Yes. Are you ready? I got you. One second. Okay, go now. Whoa. That was amazing. Thank you. Okay. Um, slurring words in a podcast I don't think is a good movie. movie right, but no one, no one heard it. We went back. We cut it out. It's fine. Oh, so I'll just ask. Yeah, why. actually nothing happened. Okay, great. Okay, cool. Um, so, what were we talking about? How we're athletes. We're at, oh, I have a cannon for a leg, okay? Yeah. If I may say so. Yeah. And I don't have the best back these days. So, like, if a professional team wants to take a flyer like the Denver on me, Nuggets. Like the Denver Nuggets. Because they have experience okay. taking guys with a, with, a, with a back injury. Daniel, I think I know who you're talking who about. Who am I talking about? Michael Porter. Correct. Jr. We'll get to that in a little bit. But... But first, you know, uh, maybe we've had other athletes on. We just didn't know it. Yeah. Who do, who do you think was the best athlete guest we've had on back in their heyday? Uh, I'm going to guess uh, Nick Stellini. Okay. I see that. You know who I'm going to go who? with? Mary Kay Cat. Okay. I, I just, I, I, mean, I, I actually, don't, I honestly don't know. I'm just, I'm just throwing a name out there, like a name that popped into my head. Actually, no, and I just a, got a Taba Rubin. Oh. Daniel, I was gonna say that. Yes. Dang it! I win. Dang. Boom. That was so funny, because he's a professional athlete. Right. He's he's a professional. Oh. Yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. Boom. Cool. Um, Daniel, yeah. football. Taba Rubin. Football. World Cup. Football. World Cup. Germany's out. Germany is funny chance they lost two nothing or two nil, as uh people say I don't know exactly who, um two nil to South Korea in a shocking upset they're out they're done defending champs gone, and uh, you know there's most of the favorites went through but not Germany. And Daniel, I think I'm going to be kind of critical of Germany for as you should. That's okay. They, they lost so I. With full disclosure, I did not watch all of the game. I think I watched the last ten minutes of. Well, those um, were all, you got you got all the goals. That's fine. Exactly. I um, I'm also an Arsenal fan. Okay. You're a fan of who? 
Arsenal? Yes. Okay. So I um, get I have the privilege of watching Masoud Ozil play a lot, and he's one of the best players in the world and someone that's a household name even. You know who Ozil is, right? right? Just to clarify, he does he plays for Germany. Yes. Okay. Yes. So his body language is not always a hundred percent invested. It's not, he might be, he might be emotionally invested, but when you're one of the best players on your team, I think you have the responsibility to show your passion. You know what I'm saying? And even if that's not your style, I get that. At the end of the day with um, 10 minutes left in a world cup, when your team's about to, um, to lose, they needed, they needed to get, they needed to win to go, to go on to the next stage. Right. Right. They couldn't they and, couldn't draw. Right. And I I don't know if this was the camera work or not, but after South South Korea's first goal, um Thomas Muller, uh another legendary German soccer player, he finally stepped up and he was pumping the guys up. But it only seemed like that happened after the first goal. Right. And uh and at that point I saw that point, I just watched the highlights. I wasn't able to watch the game. I, I was out. Um, but when I was watching the highlights, I saw that like, when South Korea scored their first goal, the guys got like a chance to like set up in front of the goal. He had a chance, like he had like three seconds. No one was moving towards him. He just like, he took a set shot from three feet away from the goal. Right. And, and I think a part of that might've been that the Germans were hoping for an offsides. Um, maybe, maybe. But, but he already had, but, but at that point he already had the ball and no one was moving towards uh-huh. him. But are you familiar with the way offsides and soccers work? Yeah. Soccer yeah, no, I'm saying he already okay. had the ball from the pass. You're saying the guy that scored? Yeah. Yeah, okay, fine. I'm saying You're once saying he had the ball, he held it for like two or three seconds. Okay, cool. And no one moved towards that. him. I understand how offsides worked. It wasn't before the pass. It was the, the pass was already at his feet. Okay, I got you. Hot. Did you see what happened, though? Actually, it a German guy kicked it to him. That's why it was not offsides. They actually reviewed it. Right, 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 right. And like maybe they thought it was offsides. That's where they weren't going. But still, like yeah. you don't take a chance with that. Right, exactly. That. That's, a te- that's, a, that's a team with a, a defeated attitude. Uh-huh. And, and I want to um praise their goalkeeper, Manuel Neuer, because yeah, – He's great. He's a – Yeah. He's, the, he's like the yeah. top two in the world, right, with the Span- Span- uh, Spanish guy? Um, so there's many good goalkeepers. Do you mean Italian by any chance? No, I mean, uh, De Gea or whatever. De Gea? De Gea yes. I thought it was I, De Gea. I Americanized I, that so much. De Gea. Daniel, I thought, I thought it was De Gea until like a week ago, probably. Well, that, that's, why, that's, a, that's why there's two of us. Yeah. De, De Gea? Isn't De Gea like an De artist an or artist, something? Yeah. See, I'm so cultured. I only know that from watching White Collar. I don't. My I don't, yes, shout out to Neil Caffrey. Yeah, shout out to Neil Caffrey. <laughs> um, Matt Bomber. Yeah, yeah, that's that's his actual name. He can come on the pod. If he wants to come on the pod, yeah, yeah. Okay, Daniel, you get a what's it called a uh, a trivia point zero dark trivia point if you remember the FBI agent's name. Are you kidding me, Peter Burke. Newman. Act acted by. Okay, what if I get the actor? 
And then you win. I don't want to see no Google, okay? Uh, it's, uh, his last name is Decay's. It's, uh, I want to say Tim Decay. Okay. Let me look it up. And Daniel, as you're looking it up, um, I wanted to let you know, sorry to break it to you, but Dega or De Gea, as I just mentioned. <laughs> Tim Decay. Um, Okay, I don't want to talk. I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yet, I have to because it's a podcast. Um, but David De Gea is actually having a pretty awful World Cup and is being talked about as being benched. Right, but he is. But he came in known as being the best goalie in football. Right. Also, um, Laurie, I think his name is pronounced on France, is considered oh. one of the best. So um, I'm looking at some some uh, matchups that are coming coming to us next week. We'll start at, uh-huh. uh, starting Saturday. Um, yeah. Ones that still stand out to me: France and Argentina, also Brazil, Mexico. Those are great matchups. Mm-hmm. And in and my that's opinion, the only one that I and those are the only two. The other ones are pretty good, but nothing that's like super crazy. No, those two are as good as it gets. Right. Portugal, Uruguay is going to be good too. Yeah, but oh, that that's great because you got Suarez versus Ronaldo, right? And but France, you know what? I I really I watched uh, the end of the France. Who did they play yesterday? It was a draw, zero zero. Oh, oh, this uh, Denmark. Denmark. I watched like, the last few minutes of that, and I couldn't stop watching um, Mbappe. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Yeah, Mbappe. What's his first name again? Carl. Keelan. Keelan. Yeah, Keelan Mbappe. He's electric. He's kind of like you know. He just like when the ball when the balls. I was gonna say in his hands at his feet. He just. I don't know. Like anything could happen. It's like one of like he would just he'll juke guys. It's kind of like watching like like uh, prime like Chris Johnson. Ooh. What a football Daniel. Can I tell you something crazy? Yeah. Do you know how old he is? 19. How old are we? 20. Shoot. What are we doing with our lives? I know. Um, we keep listening to the podcast because we're, we're very confident. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I um, wanted to let you know that I've been playing a lot of FIFA with the French national team. And Mbappe is a stud. I'm sure. And, uh, is, and Griezmann is also on their team. He's good, too. Yeah. Okay, can I show off for a minute? Brilliant. Pogba. Oh, yeah, I know Pogba too. Pogba. Okay, you said Pogba. Pogba, Griezmann, Mbappe, Kingsley Coman. Um, you got. You've been playing with them all. You've been playing with them on FIFA for the last week. That's not fair. You got. Of course. You got Kante. You got um, Dembele. You got. Pardon my pronunciation. You Dembele. got Lurie. I think Lori is that actually right? Did I get that right? What? De- is it not Dembele? It's Dembele. I don't think so. Yeah, I'm looking at the roster. We're doing this for real. Dem. I'm checking you. Dembele. I think you're right. Dembele. Maybe Dembele. Here, I'm looking up the pronunciation. And I can't find it. So. There's no pronunciation here. Honestly, I should know a lot more. Like, off the tip of my. Olivier Giroud's on the team. Is he ready to Claude Giroux? I do not know that. Daniel, oh my God. 
England national team has the best um, chant going for them. What's it called? Um, cheer. God save the queen. No, in the World Cup, silly. I don't, I don't know it. Okay, so can you do me a quick favor? Should I look it up? I got it. I need you to to buy some time though. Can you do a little um soliloquy action? Yeah. So um, I want to talk about my World Cup fever, and I ha- I I get it. Like I get it every year, but progressively it's gotten better. So like when I was like, wait, how old am I now? Okay. So when I was eight, that was uh, four, three World Cups ago. Three World Cups ago. So this was the fourth. Okay. That one, I got really into it. And then the next time, I got also got really into it. Then the last time, I, I got like a little less into it. And this time, like I'm into it. Maybe a little more than the last time, but like I'm not as wrapped up in it as I was the first two World Cups where I was really able to watch. Um, I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's because, you know, you know, with added technology, I've been able to watch other, other things, you know, been able to watch Netflix. I've been able to watch other sports and not just watch World Cup. Um, who knows? Technology. What yeah. a concept. Alan, how, how did I do? Um, great. You did great. I failed you until now. Nice. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Um, let's do this. Oh my god, I love this song. Ready? Yeah. Set. Go. On fire. Your defense is terrified. Vardy's on fire. That's awesome. Jamie Vardy. Jamie Vardy's Vardy. one of their strikers. Yeah. yeah. La, 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 was la, Jamie Vardy la, the guy on, is he on, was he on Investor? What's that? Was he on, he's on yes. Investor. Yes. So yes. Remember who their other stud is? Deli Ali. No, I think he's a Tottenham guy. Oh, you mean Le- Leicester. I thought you were talking about England. Yeah, Leicester. Oh, I don't know. You know what, England? Go ahead. Well, I'm looking Go at ahead. the roster right now. So I know they have Harry Kane. He's awesome. Marcus Ra- Rashford. Jesse Lingard. Yeah. So they're all on the team. Daniel, at this point with all the teams left, who are you rolling with? Who, who am I rolling with? Or like, I was rooting for Iceland, but that didn't work out. Um, I don't know. Let me look at the bracket. So, can I give a quick shout-out? Yeah. So, I wanted to give a shout-out to graphic designer Alex. Yeah. A huge Argentina fan. But, he, but um, doesn't, he, is he, doesn't he also have roots to Panama? Or am I making that up? No, Venezuela. I'm sorry. Venezuela. But also Argentina, right? Maybe. I'll, I'll, we'll say that. Okay. So, um... I was texting him this morning and he was saying like, I'm like, dude, like congrats on Argentina. That's amazing. Let me go back to the primary source. Hey kids, stay in school. I don't know between primary sources and secondary sources. He wrote, my team is top 16, but plays like bottom 16. Wow. I did not, I did not answer his text yet. Um, (laughs) five hours late um but i wanted to finally answer it on the pod and say at least your team is one of the 16 that's true that's a good point bye and 
And I think, you know, once you make it to the 16s, kind of like the NCAA tournament, you got a shot, you know? Anything yeah, could happen. Daniel, Daniel, I need a minute. Vadi is on fire. Your defense is terrified. And how good is that? That's a very good champ. It's much better than I believe. I believe that. I believe that we, I believe that we will win. Okay. You know. I don't like uh, it. I don't like it. I'm never going to like that. I. I'm not going to do it, Alan. I'm not going to do it. I can't. Okay. Daniel, we got one more cheer, then I'm going to stop the singing for okay. the day. But be- cool. before before the cheer, I'm going to say who I think is going to win. I think okay. Belgium is going to win the whole thing, which is not – I think I probably stole yours. Sorry. No. Who do you think is going to win? Think versus want. Um, I'm only going to answer with once because I'm an emotional guy. Yeah. Um, I think I'd like to see France. I spent a lot of FIFA squad. Right, I've spent a lot of quality time with them. Yeah, too much. Um, and Argentina, I got a messy jersey. So basically, whoever wins that one game, you want to win. Um, and if neither team makes it, I'll just hop on another bandwagon. Yeah, yeah. you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna root for Sweden, just cause. Because they're sweet. Yeah, they're sweet. L- love that. Ooh, Daniel, I wouldn't say they're sweet. They're Swedish. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh! Wow! Bye! Oh my! Whoa! Top form, um, classy. That was very classy of you. I would say it's cheeky. Oh, I was about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, the other great soccer chant. Then we might be time to move on from soccer until next week. Is Olivier Giroud on France? Yeah. At Arsenal, they had a cheer for him. I'm not gonna sing, but. Imagine a whole stadium singing the song Hey Jude um, by the Beatles, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, cool. Um, but instead of Hey Jude, they say Jeru. Jeru, like that? Yes. That's awesome. And then everyone goes, nah, 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 nah. And that's why it's not a singing podcast. But Daniel, <laughs> the ending part is Jeru. Imagine 80,000 people singing that's that. That's crazy. Alan, I know. I have a hot take. What up, D? You talked about a singing podcast. Isn't that just called uh, an album? Okay. I'm speechless again. Whoa. Okay. Okay. I think we should talk some NBA draft. Yes. So, um, you know, if, if for anyone who missed it, DeAndre Aiden went number one to the Suns, as predict- predicted. Bad Daniel. Went two you... to the Kings. Daniel, one second. Yeah. Are you looking at... Um, the order right now of who was picked? Yeah. Oh, dang it. Can we test me on if I can try and do it? Yeah, try to go through the top 14, okay? Oh, my God. That's way too much. Um, Then you can test me on the next 14. Okay. Oh. Aiden? Yeah. Bagley? hmm Technically, one second, Luka Doncic? Yeah. Jaron Jackson? Yeah. Um... Trey Young. Yep. Um, one second. Okay, okay, I got this. It was the um one second, one second, one second. Magic? Yeah. Dang it. Why is my brain blanking on who was it? You know this, come on. I know. Why am I forgetting? What's his first letter? Dude, first just reach name? for it, reach for it. What's the first letter of his Just first reach name? for it. Mo Bamba. Ah, there we go. Oh, how could I forget yep. that? Okay, you're up to seven. 
this Knicks? No, this is Bulls. Um, I need another hint. I'm failing you. Um, fine. He went to Duke. Um, Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, next. Um, Cavs. Wish I knew this one, Colin Sexton. Yeah. Um, nine. Next. Kevin Knox. Yeah. Ten. Team. Sixers. Technically, Mikael Bridges. Well, he still went number ten, but he got traded. Right. Okay. By the way, okay, let's finish the game. Then I want to talk. I'll, then I want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, we can um, jump into that. I don't, I don't like that. Whatever. Okay. Um. Great. Eleven. And then, um. Oh. Hornets. Ooh. I need a hint. Kentucky. Three names. Um, Gilgis Alexander. Yeah. Bang. Twelve Clippers, but they traded it to Charlotte. That those two picks were traded. <sighs> Not Bridges. Yes, Bridges. Miles. Yeah, Miles Bridges. Great. Great. Okay, thirteen. You two more. Okay. I don't think you're gonna get thirteen. Give me a team. Clippers. So you don't believe in me? Um, for good reason. Um. No, I do. You, you got most of it. You got I need a hint. I need a hint. Boston College. I got nothing. It's Jerome Robinson. I still got nothing. Um, I think he's going to be great. Uh, my score is in your 14 Nuggets. Bang. Yep. 13 or yeah. 14. Pretty good. I'm already looking at the next ones, but whatever. So, okay. we don't have to do my quiz. Okay, great. Um, Daniel, can we jump right into talking about the Phoenix Suns? Yeah, I'll talk about the Suns, see what, the, what they did. This draft night. Okay. Um, what are your thoughts? Uh, I think Aiden was the, the pick they had to make. A lot of people say um, we're talking about Doncic being number one. Doncic was the most polarizing player in the draft. People had him as high as one. People like saying he's the best prospect we've seen in a long, whatever, in a long time. Some people, some people were saying he should be like fifth or sixth. It really falls down to what you view and like, like, how, like how much you put into like proven athleticism versus basketball IQ. I think Luka Doncic was good enough to be the number one pick, but Aiden went number one. And that's a great pick. Dominant in college, physical specimen. Has he's he's his he's already he's like semi raw. He's not he's very skilled, but he hasn't put everything together yet, and that's just scary because he's already a guy who can put up twenty and ten in the NBA, and he hasn't put everything together yet. Right. So I think that's a pick you have to make. Um, going down to what they did later, they did a trade with the Sixers. They traded their 16th and the Miami 2021 pick for uh, McCall Bridges. First rounder, right? What? First rounder? Yeah, first round 2021, unprotected. We'll get to that in a second. That's very big. Um, but they traded Bridges for Zaire Smith from Texas Tech, Bridges from Villanova. Um, and that was, I, I don't like the Sixers doing that because uh, the story with McCall Bridges is that he's, he, he's from Philly, went to Villanova, which is in Philly. Um, his mom works in the HR department for the Sixers. Everyone was happy. It was great. And then he found out he was traded as he was answering questions about how excited he was to be a Sixer. I mean, he's going to a good young team in Phoenix. It's like, you know, warm weather there should be nice for him, but still, I don't know. It wasn't, the timing was bad. Daniel, um, I'm on your side as well. I am very upset for two reasons about the Bridges trade, okay? First of all, it's 
I don't like you that you do that to a hometown kid and then trade him, you know? Right. And and it's not like it was a no-brain deal. Right. Daniel, he's good. He's really Bridges. good. Bridges arguably could have been the missing piece, that wing, that 3 and D right. guy. Right. And also, his offense has gotten so much better every single year. He went from like a four-point-a-game scorer as a freshman. Sophomore, he averaged like nine a game. And last year, he averaged 17 a game. And the guy was developing offensively, getting to the basket of the dribble. Great rebounder, in, incredible defender. He, and, and he's like the, lot, he could he could in a few years be the best three and D player, not only necessarily like yeah. a star, but the best like three and D guy, like a yeah. starter, but more of like a role player starter. But like he could be the best of that in the league. Like NBA the best comparison, like the best third option in the NBA. Right, um, I, I'd say like a Matt yeah. Barnes on star, on talent steroids. Daniel, I have the perfect comparison. Bring it. Nicholas Batum. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. But I'd say, like, and from a younger age, a more offensively advanced Nicholas Batum at this point. Okay. Nick Batum, actually, and no, wait. Nick Batum's younger than we all think. Never mind. Really? How old is he? I don't know, but he, but he, I remember thinking he was like 30s and he was like 26. And I thought that. I don't know how old he is now, but he's been in the league for a while. He is only, he's 29 years old. <laughs> wow. Um, but Daniel, on getting back to the Suns, I am actually very. I, I think the Bridges trade was awesome for them. Right now, now they have a real, real young core: Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, and they got Aiden. I say Aiden, right? And they also have um, Dragon Bender. Wasn't he a? He was four. What what pick was he in his year? Four. Yeah, they have a, f- a former four. Marquise Chris is a guy with a lot of athleticism. Tyson Chandler, do you think he'll still be there? I don't know. It depends if they want to add a free agent. They might try to trade him. And they have Josh Jackson. Right, Josh Jackson. That's who we forgot. Also, they um they just signed their 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 first overall second round pick. Not first overall, their first pick in the second round. They signed a, a point guard, Elio Kobo from France. He's like a big lefty point guard. I watched some some highlights on him before the draft. Good player. He'll be good also. And, and yeah, also good another guy, TJ Warren's a very young guy. Yeah, yeah. They have a lot of young guys who could score. They they might get run into some trouble defensively because like Bridges is actually no that not necessarily maybe inside. Actually, they might be a good defensive team because Jackson and Bridges are really good on the perimeter. Aiden's a beast inside. He he hasn't worked out all the defensive positioning stuff yet, but he's he's gonna he's getting there. And I think it's a good environment for them all to kind of – it's kind of like an incubator in a way where they can all just kind of work on their games and grow without having to worry about expectations of, like, being a contender right away. It's graduate school. What? It's like graduate school. It's like They're graduate college. I like that. But uh, an aspect of the trade – firstly, Zaire Smith is a good player. Really burst out last year for Texas Tech. Super athlete. And so he, he people view him semi pretty comparable like as a pretty comparable player to Mikal Bridges, but the the key to this deal was that that Miami pick in twenty twenty one, because it's rumored that that draft might be what's called being called a double draft, because okay. that might be right after the first year after high schoolers are allowed to go straight to the NBA. Aha. Uh-huh. So basically, what you'll be doing, it won't really be a double draft. It won't be like a draft and a half. 
where you have the full class that will be coming from college and overseas, just like you have every draft. But you'd also have like a crop of freshmen from high school, not freshmen, high school seniors who instead of going to their freshman year in college would be going straight to the NBA and they'll also be available. So it's basically that draft could basically be the equivalent of this draft. If also RJ Barrett, Zion Williamson, Romeo Langford, all the top guys going to college were also going to the NBA. Mm-hmm. That, that's really good stuff. So basically, like it's like saying like the 10th pick is basically the value of now like the seventh or sixth pick. Ooh, I like it. Daniel, um, I realized something really cool. Yeah. Um, hot take, the Suns could have one of the best young starting lineups in the league next year. That's that's a that's a lukewarm take, I'd say. That's a, that's if you're looking at just young rosters, they they might have the best young core that's of all the teams that are not like are they might have the best young core. Basically. Right. So so I don't know if they're, they're not there yet because they don't have the balance yet. Like they're, they're not. I disagree. I, I I I'm just saying they're not going to be a contender. I think they can slip. They can like sneak into the seventh or eighth seed. I'm not, I'm just saying like they're very like they're. With their talent, they're up there, but they need a little bit more time. Okay. So I'm just going to let this simmer a little, okay? And then we'll move on. Yeah. You have a starting lineup of Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Josh Jackson, DeAndre Aiden, and Brandon Knight. I don't know. I don't know if they're going to hold on to Brandon Knight. I think they, they might actually let um, Ellie Okobo start. Really? Maybe. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. Okay. Uh, there's a few other notable picks. Uh, our boy Kevin Herter, University of Maryland, got drafted by the Hawks. He'll be, he'll be, he'll be forming a Splash Bros. 2.0 with uh, with the Hawks uh, with uh, Trey Young. Young. That's gonna be a lot of fun because like I think the Hawks assistant, uh, the Hawks GM is the former Warriors G, uh, assistant GM. I forgot his name. I I, for, I forgot his name, but yeah. he's trying to form. Like the, Travis Schlink. Travis, yes, exactly. There it is. Thank you, Alan. And um, he's basically trying to form the Splash Brothers, trying to form the the, the Warriors model, where you have Trey Young as the Steph Curry, Kevin Herter as the Clay Thompson, and they also drafted Omari Spellman from Villanova. He'll be kind of like the Draymond Green. Ooh, I think it's a good start. You know, they needed some shooting. They needed some more skill players. They have a lot of athletic wing guys, but they don't really have. There's a reason they were terrible last year. <laughs> Daniel, you see who their head coach is? Wait, who's their head coach? Lloyd Pierce. Is he also a former Cavs assistant? Yes. I think we've given him a shout-out before. Yeah, you have. Wow, congratulations to Lloyd. Yeah. Dang, that's exciting stuff. Yeah. Um, and also, second-round pick, Justin Jackson. Yeah, shout out to Justin Jackson. He's going to Orlando. Mm-hmm. And with Mo Bamba. And we have a big crew of guys that could possibly be drafted next year. But hey, we'll touch on that in the future. We'll touch on that in a little bit. Also, um, three of my favorite players from college were drafted back to back to back. Um, three point guards who I really like. Um, upperclassmen, Javon Carter from West Virginia. He's going to the Grizzlies. Probably the best on-ball defender in this draft. Jalen Brunson, National Player of the Year, went to the Mavericks, number 33rd overall. And uh, Devontae Graham from Kansas, uh, he was the Big 12 Player of the Year last year over Trey Young. 
he went um, he he got drafted by the Hawks, but he was traded to Charlotte. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Yeah, and I, I and love maybe, maybe Graham. Fans. Maybe if Kemba's traded, Graham's running the point next year for Charlotte. Ooh, unless great. unless Kemba's traded for Colin Sexton. Speaking of Sexton, what number is Colin Sexton wearing? He's wearing number two, Alan. What are your thoughts about that before we get to mine? Why not? Kyrie's not on the team anymore. He didn't. He actually won a championship. It's not like it's not like you're giving number twenty three to someone. Um, it's different. He played on the team. He's a very good player. He was an all star. He was on the team. He, he was a, he was one of the he was the second guy, the second best player on the team that won the championship. But still, like you, you didn't get his jersey retired. It's not on the rafters. So why not let a guy take it? I'll say it like this: His jersey should have been in the rafters. Uh, yeah, but that, but but that's not like the Cavs would have kept him if they could. Right, but I, I'm saying at the end of the day, and it looks like we agree on this: when you disrespect, disrespect's a little bit of a harsh word, but I'm going to leave it. When you disrespect an organization like you did the Cavs, um, you don't deserve your number. I don't even think it was because he disrespected them. I just think it's not. It's not a big deal. I don't think he disrespected them. It's a business, you know. If you want to be traded, you should go get traded. I think you know, I, I think he tried to do it in the right way. And, you know, he wants to do what's best for himself. I think I think that at the end of the day, if he walks if he meets with LeBron, if he meets with Dan Gilbert, if he has a press conference saying that this is um Al, can you repeat that? Yes. Uh, if Kyrie said that Cleveland was great for me, um, but I want to move on, do me in a nice press release, press conference after a meeting with LeBron Gilbert, great. But, but I, I, th- I think it was leaked. I don't think it was his decision. I don't think he tried to leak it. What, what someone, he, I think someone in the Cavs organization leaked it, if I remember correctly. That he wanted to get traded? Yeah, I think someone leaked it. I don't think he leaked it. But I'm saying the circus that it – created right but i don't think he was looking for that so i i i don't know i don't think he, he you don't you don't do you don't do something like that without meeting with LeBron. right i think he should have met with lebron but at the same time like i don't think this is a matter of disrespect i think this is a matter of okay he's not on the team anymore there, there's no jersey in the rafters why why not let a guy who we drafted to be potentially our, our, our point guard of the future let him have the number he wants you know mm-hmm. the the thunder went one step further with this when pj dozier was it two years ago? He was a small forward from South Carolina. Was this, no, this is last year. Not this past year, but the year before that, I think. Oh no, this year, this year. The year at, there was a full year after KD uh, after KD was on the Warriors for a year. PJ Dozier was drafted by the uh, the Thunder, and he uh, was given number thirty five. KD's number. Yeah, and that you know that's fine. But I, I strongly disagree with you. Really? I think it's fine. He's not on the team anymore. The jersey's not on the rafters. Okay, yet. What do you mean yet? I don't think Kevin Durant's going to have his jersey number retired by the Thunder. I disagree. You think it will be? 100%. I don't know. I think it will be with uh, the Warriors. How, how many years did he play for Oklahoma City? For their nine years. Okay. The, when the dust settles, I think we'll everyone will be able to reflect on it a little bit differently. Like, I, I don't know. I, th- I feel like it's a bit different. It, maybe. I don't know. Maybe I... The dude gave all he had to Oklahoma. That's true. That's true. Maybe, maybe I, I'm... I'm not saying, like, 
I'm not judging KD for leaving. I think it's fine for him to leave. I, I think that people are giving him too, too much flack for, for leaving because, you know, he's a free agent. And when you're a free agent, you deserve you, you earn the right to go where you want. When, you, when you're a guy like KD, who's a superstar, you earn the right to go where you want. And when you do that, when you get to that level, you can make a decision that's best for you. It doesn't matter why. And, you know, and I think he did it in a way that was that he, he, he took his time to figure it out. And whatever he did, the, you know, wherever he went, it would have upset the Thunder fans. And just the people are upset he went to the Warriors. But, you know, it's still his decision in the end. And it doesn't make him less of a good player. Right. And, but I, I think also is, we obviously don't know what happens behind the scenes, but you don't know what the Russ dynamic was. You know what right, I'm saying? Right. And if we get more insight into that, it's whatever. It'll be an interesting situation to see. All right. I'm, I'm not. I'm not blaming. I'm not blaming the Thunder for. Sorry, I kind of. I'm, I'm not saying that. Like, um, I totally forgot what I was going to say. I'm going to say this point. But that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Um, K- KD is now a, is when he left when he left the Thunder he was no longer a member of the team and regardless of 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 how great he was how much he gave to them at some point the Thunder have to move on. Did Dwayne anyone wear Dwayne Wade number um, since he left Miami? I don't know, but I, I think I think it's different. Why? Okay, yeah, you're right. You're right. It is different with Wade. You're right. Um, so, so I talk. No one should wear if LeBron leaves. No one on the caption out of twenty three. I just percent right, but it, it, I, it, there's a feeling you get. It's different. No, no one. Okay, perfect example. I would be upset if anyone touched twenty three after LeBron left the first time. Uh, did anyone? No. Right. What I don't I, know. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. It just feels different. It's only okay. way I, I could say. Well, you got to trust your God, Daniel. Yeah. Um, we're having a blast, but we're running out of time. Should we are we running out of time. Should right. we hop to the hot take? Yeah, but didn't we have a? Do we have a horns up? Yeah, but we can do we can do a quick horns up, and then we'll okay. jump into the hot take. Quick, can you introduce the horns up? Yeah. So, um, Al and I both agree on this, but we're not going to tell you which one we agree on. Actually, we will tell you what we agree on. We both think that the NL should not have a DH. And the AL, that the rules should stay the same, that, you know, the NL should not have the DH, the AL should have the DH, and nothing should change. Um, Alan, what's that you're going to argue? Um, I'm taking that the DH should not be instituted in the NL. Okay, and I'm going to say it should be instituted. Daniel, um, I'm actually kind of getting a little bit heated over this issue, so can I take it away? Yeah, bring it. Um, So... We talked about this at the beginning of our last podcast, and also Jason Gay, a writer for the Wall Street Journal, a mm-hmm. great writer for the Wall Street Journal, yeah, I've, I've, um, talked about how um, how we're, we we might be the issue that the pace of our society that we're living in is the issue in baseball. It's not baseball's fault, okay? Right. And I think you can apply that principle even more so to keeping the D to putting the DH in the NL. Why would you do that? Part of the beauty of the tradition of the game, Mm -hmm. the tradition, what's so important in baseball is the amount of strategy that goes into a double switch. If a reliever should hit, if a pitcher should hit, 
on and on and on. It's unbelievable. As a baseball fan, it's amazing. And the just last night, I'm watching a little bit of the Indians game. I think it was last night. Bases were juiced and playing the Cardinals. They're playing the Cardinals, right? In right. Louis. Yeah, Martinez. What was his first name? Carlos. Carlos Martinez, pitcher, right? Yeah, he's a good. Um, he, he he hits well. Yeah. He was hitting 238, and and the dude hit a sack fly to center field. That is awesome. That is awesome. Right. And and. I don't think, as a fan, I would be devastated if we lost. I would argue the other side, Daniel. I want there to be, and and I'm not going for. I'm going for an emotional argument here, okay? Mm-hmm. And I will be upset. Let me say it differently. I think we should think about getting rid of the DH and the AL before adding a DH to the NL. Bank. Okay. You make a good point, but I'm going to approach this in two ways. First thing is the injury concern. With pitchers, second thing. Care. Second thing is competitive competitive advantages and disadvantages. Okay, so injuries, injuries a lot of times happen to pitchers on the base pass. Just last week, my zero to of my beloved Yankees got hurt. Was it was it running home? Oh, no. I think he was running home because um, he was base running because he you know he got on he got on base. So I think I forgot how he got on base. Fielder's choice or something. And then he's, he scored, but he got hurt, and now he's out for like a month or so. Like, no, no, no team who puts $20 million plus dollars into a player is going to want their, their, their pitcher getting hurt on the base paths where he's not, that's not what he's paid to do. That's not what he's used to doing. It's basically like asking a, a football player to play basketball and paying him based on that. Or, or it's, like, it's like asking, I don't know, a volleyball player to all of a sudden take up, I don't know, take up hockey. And then like, oh, Something happened. You, you weren't you, you weren't ready for that. No, it's it's yeah, it's it's, it's part of the same game. But it's, the pitchers don't hit usually. Like, you know, that's not what they practice. That's not what they're used to. And pitchers in the NL, yeah, they like they, they they hit they hit like every fifth day, like maybe get two at bats, three at bats. You know, they're not used to base running. That's not what they spend their time on. So you're running the risk of injury, and you're running the and, and teams should should be you know should be aware that they might lose their prize investment for something that has nothing to do with what you're paying them for. That's my first point. My second okay. point. Daniel, you pay him to play baseball. You pay him to pitch. You pay him to play baseball. But they're, 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 they're labeled as a pitcher. And they're going to pitch. When it's you, 21st when you're as a shortstop, we don't, we don't that, label that, that, that means that you're going to hit and you're going to field and you're going to base run. When you're, as a, when you're a pitcher, that means you're going to pitch. Have you ever heard CeCe Sabathia talk about how much he loves hitting? It's not about loving it. You're allowed to pitch. And you're, as a pitcher, you're allowed to hit if you're the DH. You can you're, DH a pitcher if he wants to hit that much and if he's a good enough hitter. But I'm saying you shouldn't wait. You shouldn't use resources. You shouldn't use the resource of time on the pitcher to like help him hit when he could be working on pitching. He could be working on you know maintaining uh, you know with um keeping a, a healthy arm routine with icing and you know stretching. Daniel, like I, I have I have an idea. Okay. Kevin Durant, you pay him to score. Let's not have him play defense. No, it's totally different. Basketball Why? is a totally different equation. It's the same thing. Like, hey, shortstops have to field, base run, and hit. That's just their job description. A basketball player has to play on both sides of the floor, unless you're James Harden. So um, I'm saying we're wow, – shot. 
Um, Daniel, that was funny. Daniel, but where in the MLB rule book is there a rule that says a pitcher needs to get DH? There is no rule. That's what I'm saying. The pitcher, if you, it, the point is people don't do that because pitchers don't train at hitting, but they could. I, I, I think there are a significant amount of MLB pitchers that put significant amount of time and take a lot of pride in their hitting and bunting. Then why aren't there more pitchers, pitchers who DH? Because in the MLB, why would you do that? Right. I meant in the AL, why would you do I'm that? I'm saying I, I watched some guys on the Yankees hit. Yeah, because um, Daniel, at the end of the day, AL teams structure their teams around the beauty of a DH. The Indians has, have two first basemen, Edwin Encarnacion, Yonder Alonso, your beloved Yankees. Who do they Stanton. have? Stanton. He DHs? Yeah, he DHs a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. Fine. No, you know what? Have the pitcher hit instead of Stanton. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. Why? I know, I, know, I know they wouldn't do that, but I'm saying there's nothing preventing, there's no rule preventing the pitcher from hitting. But you know what ends up happening? You have really bad fielders in the field. And then, right. and then you have David Ortiz playing first base and risking injury. Right, because he was playing the NL at the time. Because he was playing the World Series. That's the only time he plays first base. Or NL. Or, or when he was playing an interleague game. But, right. I, I'm saying you could argue the different, the other side, that professional DHers, quote-unquote, are, by the way, we should, um, what's it called? Um, copyright that. Professional DHers. Professional that, DHers? They, yeah. <laughs> that it's an, you could argue the other side that they're paid to hit and you're putting them in the field. You only sometimes put them in the field. Same thing as a, hit, a pitcher sometimes hitting. Okay, but you just said that they shouldn't hit. Okay, Daniel. I'm, I'm not should. saying they shouldn't. I'm saying there should not there should not be there should be a DH in the NL as well. So I'm saying if they want to, they could hit. If they're good enough at hitting, they can hit. But at the same time, they shouldn't hit because it's not what they're paid to do. Just like, and and with that happens, the DH will never have to play in the field. So we 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 two birds one stone. And Love the second that. thing, competitive okay. advantage. Why 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 should it be easier for the AL teams? Like it's a historical thing. The AL usually has a better has have better offenses than the NL. Why? Because you have an extra good hitter. And come talk the Yankees to me. Are there, but come talk to me in the World Series when the NL gets the advantage. Right, but I'm saying like you have an offensive advantage throughout the year, and now nowadays where home field advantage in the World Series is not based on the All Star game, rather it's based off of of record, just like in all other sports besides football, where it's neutral. I think it's a competitive advantage for the AL if the NL doesn't have. A DH because the AL has a, a can have better lineups and can if you're a really good AL team with a really good DH like the Yankees you can get a much better record than as you can get a better record than a team in the NL with a very good lineup but they still have to have a pitcher hit because mm-hmm. that could be deflating to a team every single game because right. even okay. even though there are some pitchers who can hit kind of most teams their pitchers cannot do anything they try to lay a bunt down miss foul it off, and then they swing away and they miss. That's, you, that's the average or the maybe stereotypical pitcher at bat. Mm-hmm. I rest my case. Okay. That's it. That was awesome. Um, guys, let us know who won. If you know us personally, let us know. If not, reach out on Twitter. Or Insta. Or Insta. Or Facebook. As the kids say, uh, was it jumping tort? 
Jump, jump huh? into our DMs. What is it? Slide. Slide. There we go. Like Daniel, you need a DH for um. What's the word for like slang? For slang language. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm a, I'm an old okay. soul. I don't really know these like jump into our DMs. <laughs> I'm an old soul too. Jump into I... our DMs. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna change. Okay. Jump into our DMs if you if give us you know one. Get... Dana or, or just because... write about it on, or reply to us. I don't know. Whatever you want. Or if you're a professional athlete, tweet it out. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay. Daniel, why don't you share a quick hot take? Quick hot take. take. We're, we're a little bit over time, but, you know, we had an athlete on the pod today. That's what, what we're going to do. Creative creative, mm-hmm. uh, creative control. Love that. In six years, Alan, Mo Bamba, currently of the Orlando Magic, will be the best player in the NBA. Yeah, you don't even need to defend that. Boom. Hot Bank. take. The dude has a seven ten wingspan. I remember I, I talk about this basically every podcast. Also, shout out to John Henson. He went to UNC, by the way. Um, yeah, it seems random, but like six podcasts ago, we said we'd do that every pod, but we haven't done it. Oh, that's funny. Talk about John Henson. Yeah, good call. Um. So yeah, so Mo Bama had a quote where he said he wants to be a guy who blocks shots, then leads the break and finds a shooter in the corner. If Mobamba can become the first ever like shop elite shop blocker and like super point center who can also shoot threes, basically he'll be like the ultimate like creative player on two K, except in real life. Love that. That's that's what I'm that's that's his potential. I'm not saying he'll necessarily get there, but that's the hot take. That's our hot take, eh? Alan, any any parting thoughts? Um, what an episode. What a week. Yeah. Enjoy the World Cup, everyone. Enjoy the World Cup. And, and until next time. Is this weekend. We'll tune in next weekend to the pod, our 20th episode. Oh, it might be an hour. It might be four hours. It might be five hours. But no matter what, we'll be talking about NBA free agency. Maybe LeBron will have decided by then. Who knows? Daniel. Yeah. I have a parting thought. Yeah. Sock and chop pods on fire. Light your defense. No, because we're awesome. Ooh, I like that. I don't know if we're going to go with that consistently, but for right now, it's good. Thank you. All right, everyone. Have a good week. Enjoy sports. We are out.